I'm Rukea Cedar, one of the psychologists from the Student Counseling Unit at UP, and I'm very excited to host the very first podcast episode from our Mental Health and Wellbeing podcast series, proudly brought to you by the Student Counseling Unit at UP. The aim of our podcast series is to enhance the mental health and well-being of our UP students. The topic for our very first podcast episode today is resilience. In this episode, we're going to focus on what resilience is, why it's important, and most importantly, how we can develop or facilitate resilience. There will be practical tips for our listeners on how they can maximize their resilience, especially during this last part of the year, as they prepare to write exams after all the COVID-19 disruptions. It is my great pleasure and honor to introduce to you our expert speaker for today, Prof. Linda Theron. She's a full professor from the Department of Educational Psychology at UP and a registered educational psychologist. Prof. Linda Theron is an esteemed and leading researcher and practitioner in the field of resilience in South Africa. She has over 100 publications and has been involved in nationally and internationally funded research studies in the field of child and youth resilience. She is passionate about better understanding what facilitates young people's resilience with the ultimate goal of better supporting young people's resilience. Thank you very, very much, Prof, for offering to share your expertise with us. It's a pleasure, Rakea. Thanks for that lovely introduction. I'm looking forward to chatting with you and hopefully sharing some, some information that will be meaningful to our students and our, our university body. Prof, can you start with telling us what is resilience and why is it so important? Sure. Um, let's start with a simple definition, Rakea. So if, if I was to explain it really simply, Resilience is really about the capacity to get up again when life knocks you down. Or in some cases, it's the capacity to actually resist being knocked down when life throws really, really serious curveballs at you. So if I explain that differently, what I'm saying is that resilience is about two things. Firstly, it's about facing really serious risk. For example, um, the risk of being unemployed or of not having the necessary resources to be able to make ends meet or the risk of being exposed to gender-based violence or other forms of abuse or the risk of having a serious illness. So that's the first part um, of resilience. The second part is that although someone is facing a serious risk, they have the capacity to adjust well. To that risk. So despite, for example, struggling to make ends meet or despite being exposed to gender-based violence, the person who is adjusting well will continue with their studies, will still be a reliable friend or actually be emotionally okay. And so what I'm saying is that resilience is about there being a good outcome, even when life is really awfully hard. And that's why resilience is important. If we understand better what enables resilience, then we have a better chance of supporting people who are facing huge risks to actually achieve good outcomes despite those risks. 
Thanks so much for that, Prof. Um, I think that uh, that really helps people understand what resilience is all about. Can you tell us what is most likely to facilitate resilience? In other words, how can we build or develop our resilience? Well, there are lots and lots <laughs> and lots of factors that facilitate resilience. But if I had to summarize them, I would say it probably comes down to three things. And those three things are dreaming, doing, and connecting. And I'll explain each one briefly. Dreaming is about making positive meaning. It's about having a positive vision for your future, even when you are facing enormous risks. It's about being hopeful, thinking positively and thinking big and setting related goals. Doing is about taking action. So it's about acting in ways that will make your dreams happen. Or it's about taking action to get the help that you need or to find solutions to what is challenging you. It's about taking action to look after your health and your well-being. I'm talking about eating well, sleeping enough, exercising. Connecting, on the other hand, is about linking. Linking up with or reaching out to people, mostly. Sometimes it can be spiritual beings and sometimes it can be animals or pets. But mostly it's about linking up with people who are good for you or who can be good for you. I'm thinking typically of our intimate partners or our family and our friends. But there are other people too that we need to connect to if we're interested in, in making resilience happen. People like mentors, role models, um, support service staff, people like yourself, Rikea, and other people um, in the counseling units at the university, academic staff, community members. I think what I'm saying is, if we think about the connecting part of what facilitates resilience, it's actually about understanding that resilience is not about you going it alone. It's a shared or a co-facilitated process that does need your input. It does need you to dream. It does need you to do. It does need you to connect to others. But it's also about the input of other people. So it's about their encouragement of your dreams, their support for what you're doing, kind of they're calling you out when you're not dreaming big enough or when you're not doing enough. And then maybe lastly, what I must say is that this dreaming and doing and connecting can't be a once-off thing. When I talk about dreaming and doing and connecting and how important it is that it mustn't be a once-off thing, I always think of one of our research participants in the RISE study, a wonderful young man by the name of Simpiwe Zulu, whose life has been really, really hard. And I think Simpiwe puts it best. He, when he was chatting to me about, about resilience and about dreaming and doing and connecting, he said, Linda, it's, it's simple. It's got to be a habit. In other words, what matters for resilience is not just that you dream, do, connect, but it's that you dream and do and connect routinely, repeatedly. You've got to make it a habit. So it's really got to be something you do consistently, daily, so that it can become a habit. Thanks for that. Yes. Thanks so much for that. Um, Prof, can you tell us, this is a really, really exciting question. 
I think our students will be really interested to hear this. Can you tell us what can our UP students do to maximize their resilience for this last part of the year as they prepare to write exams after all these COVID-19 restrictions? Yeah, it's been a tough year and it's tough to have to end the year with, with exams um, on top of all of that, but it has to be done right. So I think the first thing that I would suggest is that it's really important to be hopeful, to acknowledge it's been a tough year, but it's almost done. And it's about believing that you can complete it and you can complete it well. So it's, it's kind of dreaming, right? It's about dreaming that this will pass and that it will pass well. But in addition to, to that, in addition to being hopeful, it's also about doing what needs to be done. For example, part of that doing would probably be looking after your body and your mind for this last bit of the 2020 year and this, this push for the exams. It's about eating well. It's about getting moving, whether you exercise or whether you dance or whether you um, walk up and down a passage, it doesn't really matter as long as you move. It's really important to look after your body by moving. And it's about sleeping enough. The doing part is also about having a study routine. And I know that many of my students have told me that that's been really tough this year, with everything being so upside down with COVID-19. It was hard for them to, to, to kind of get a routine and sustain the routine. So for this last part of the year, that's truly, truly important, that you need a study routine and that your study routine must include regular breaks. Tired minds don't take much in. And if it helps, I know it used to help me when I was studying, work out a study timetable and paste it on your wall. Look at it repeatedly. Let it guide you. Let it be there as a visual reminder of what you need to do and how you need to do it. And then maybe another thing that is important for this last part of the year and that fits under what needs to be done is that if you need to, seek help. You're not alone. Seek help from your tutors, seek help from your lecturers, seek help from your peers, seek help from counselling services. If that's what's going to get you through this last part of the year, do it. And then thirdly, in addition to being hopeful and doing what needs to be done, connect. But connect with people who are good for you, also for this last part of the year. Connect with people who believe in you, who believe you can complete this year and complete it well. Connect with people who are going to help you regulate your behavior and regulate your emotion. Pretty much what I'm saying is connect with people who will kick your butt if you are not studying when you should be studying. And connect with people who will help you to access the support that you need to make it through this last part. What is it about 60 days of 2020? And then finally, I'm going to quote some Peewee Zulu again. It's got to be a habit. So for this last part of the year, for these exams coming at the end of challenging COVID times that have really disrupted so many of our lives in ways that were not always positive, make it a habit to be hopeful. Make it a habit to take the action that you need to take to get your year done well. Make it a habit to connect with people who will be good for you and support you. 
thanks so much, Prof, for that. Um, I think you've really broken it down so nicely and practically. Um, is there any more that you'd like to add, Prof? Not really, Rukeya. Maybe just to say that the big empirical studies that have been done on resilience show us that when people dream and when they do and when they connect, then at least two out of every three people has a positive outcome, even when they're facing significant risk like war um, or armed conflict. And that's good news. If we make it a habit, we can be okay. Also in COVID-19 times, also when we have to write exams coming at the end of a year that was full of COVID-19 challenges. Thanks so much for, for that, Prof. I think that gives us a lot of hope, that research. Gives us a lot of hope that despite the risks, the adversity, the challenges, there can be good outcomes for our students, there can be good outcomes for all of us. And I really just want to uh, say thank you so much, Prof, for sharing these important tips with us. We hope that our listeners will find them valuable and that it may help them enhance their resilience especially during this time of year. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode or found, found it useful, or if you have any comments on how we can improve, send an email to studentcounseling at up.ac.za with your feedback under the subject heading uh, Resilience Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our very first podcast episode. There will be a competition for our students about sharing their stories of resilience, past or present, more details of this will be posted soon. Also, look out for our second podcast episode where we'll be focusing on relational well-being and how to cultivate positive relationships. If you're experiencing any mental health difficulties, remember help is available. Stay connected to others and reach out for help. Talk to someone close to who to close to you whom you trust, or contact the student counseling unit at studentcounseling at up.ac.za. You can also contact our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week UPK line on 0800-747-747. The Student Counseling Unit wishes you all the very best with the last part of the academic year. Take care. I'll get knocked